And when I speak a blessing, I don't know what tradition you're from, but when I speak a blessing, I believe God's answering my prayers. There's no power in me, right? Except for the risen Christ. But he's given you the authority to bless. And bless is not just saying nice words. Do y'all believe that? Go, go study the Bible. We want to be grounded in the Bible. The Bible teaches that blessing is not just good words you say that encourage people. Is that a, does that effect happen? Are people encouraged? But in fact, something happens in the unseen. We are surrounded by an unseen world today. It's here. To believe the Bible, we believe that Christ is walking in our midst. That he's, he's here among your candlestick. And in walking in the midst, he intends for things to happen in his grace. He intends for incredible things to occur among us. And so he is here today. He is working in you. Every time Connie and I have been here, we have felt the presence of Christ. We're at a point in our lives, Connie and I, again, we worship on Wednesday nights as our main, we have a full service on Wednesday nights with communion. So that main worship time on, on uh, Sunday morning and then on Wednesday nights, Wednesday nights is the worship service that we, all of us here, uh, are a part of. That means Connie and I get to visit and be with other churches. There are, there are about 20 churches that I pray for and engage their leaderships. Um, I pray for you guys every day, every single day. I've done it since the day Dean and his family came here. I've missed a few Sundays, I know, or a few days that I know, but at most every morning in my prayer rhythms, I'm on the front porch and I'm praying for you guys. And I pray by name for the people that I know. And I know you guys have been through a tough time lately. I am absolutely confident that your future is going to be glorious. And you say, Phil, how can you know that? I know our God, right? I'm looking at Albert. Don't we know our God? In the passage that we're going to look at today, he, he's going to say that. And I will be calling you to believe in what the Word of God has to say about your future. He intent, The beauty of what we just did here a few minutes ago, the purity of it, the types of leaders you've got here. When I sat down with your elders not long ago, I said, there are not many groups like you around anywhere in Middle Tennessee. What a powerful gift you guys have been given. So I know y'all have been through some difficult times, but... You watch. If you walk by faith, if you keep love deep within your heart, love is the matrix Jesus loves to show up in. Is that right? I always do this passage when I teach. And uh, I put out an index finger. I won't ask you to do it. I have you touch another person's index finger. And I say, no one's ever seen God. But when we love each other, his presence is fulfilled right there. Jesus' presence is fulfilled here this morning in love. It says he, he's here. So Connie and I uh, get to visit a lot of churches, and, and uh, sometimes on the way home from that church, we have the conversation. You know what the conversation is? You do it too. You turn to your spouse and say what? What'd you think? <laughs> You all do it. I know you do. So Connie and I had the conversation the last time we were here about 4th Avenue. And I'm not going to tell you what we said. <laughs> no, no, I will. We said Christ is here. The love of God is here. You can sense it. You can tell it when you walk in the door. 
and, and, and that's one of the questions that we're always looking for as Christian leaders and looking at whim. We want the presence of Christ to be among us, right? It's the presence of Christ. We want people to walk in the door and have one of those uh-oh moments, one of those oh-no moments. When all of a sudden you hit something, you've all had those, right? You've, you've come around a corner not expecting it. I need to watch this. Our, our church. <laughs> we, we might have to call the safety team here in a minute. <laughs> You're going home in traction. <laughs> oh, that was one. So we, we all have those uh-oh moments when we experience the Holy Spirit. I, I had probably my first when I was 18 years old at football camp. And for the folks who know me and have heard this story, forgive me. I had been partying for three days at Camp McComey as a McGavick High School senior, as captain of the, one of the captains of the football team. I was out of control, going nowhere fast. A guy from FCA, right? Fellowship Christian Athletes. How many of y'all were part of FCA going up? Yes. Well, let's just do it. How many were you part of Future Farmers of America? <laughs> oh! <laughs> we got to wear those nice purple coats or blue coats. I can still say the FFA creed, can you? Mm -hmm. I won't do it. I won't. Please. <laughs> my wife's saying, please don't do it. Um, so I was at football camp my senior year. Just, just a, man, I was a pugnacious kid. When I played football, you know, I played defensive end. I'd, I'd walk up to the guy, the offensive, you know, the tight end, and I'd say to him, I'm going to ring your bell all night. You're going to leave here hurt. I, I'm going to hurt you, and I just need you to know that. And this is my name. Now, that's the type of kid I was. Of course, I had his attention then, right? Whether I could do it or not, whether he's tougher than me, I had his attention all night long. That's another story. But my senior year, a guy came and played a guitar at FCA. He sat down, he played a guitar underneath a picnic shelter. And I listened to him play, and I walked off. And a guy named Steve, who was one of our one of our leaders on the team followed me into the woods and all he said was this Phil I can tell you're thinking Jesus loves you and he turned around and left well how many times have I heard that I grew up in the church of Christ I heard that all the time after he got out of sight I sat down on a log and bawled and bawled and bawled came into my dorm and there were 40 guys standing holding hands praying and I went and broke the chain and I'm in what's that guy's name I don't know probably 20 21 22 years old college student an anonymous man an anonymous pedestrian man that showed up with his guitar with a bunch of rowdy teenagers at Camp Nakomi and God's presence showed up it's God's presence that we need, as well as other things. The passage that we're going to look at today, and I haven't been paying attention to the time. Is there a clock? Okay, so 10.30. What time do I need to roll down by? What time? 10.45. Okay, I better get going. All right. <laughs> this long preamble. <laughs> uh, I listened to Dean's sermon last week, and I'm going to tail in on the end of his sermon in Ephesians 3, and... Boy, I tell you, that, you know, again, we talk a lot, but I listened to Dean preach and I thought, thanks, Dean. I mean, what a great preacher you are, and I got to follow that. 
that this passage in Ephesians 3 is one of the most powerful passages. And I'm just going to get verse uh, 10 up there. There we go. This idea that he presented last week that the cosmic bullies have been, um, what's, what word did you use? Disarmed. They've been disarmed. It's true. And one of the ways they're disarmed is through you. I mentioned this guy who came and played the guitar, you know, and, and I, the conversion that occurred. God used that man, right? Now, could God, God have sent an angel out of the sky and sat down with me on that stump and converted me without his? Sure he could. But God has chosen you. Do you believe that? It's easy to say God chose the people in the Bible. Hey, one of the beauties about the charismatic movement that we're a part of is it emphasizes the very present work of the Lord Jesus Christ now. He intends to show up now and do work. Do you believe that? What's so cool is I was talking about to that to Wim the other day about those types of things. He said, he grew up PCA, Presbyterian. He said, we believe the same thing. When we walk into the sanctuary, we, we plan on meeting God. God is here. And what happens when you meet God? Things happen and the demonic sees. In this case, his intent was now. Through the church. Through you. Through me. His intent was now. That, that's not a Bible now like all that time ago. There is no div division between Bible times and non-Bible times. We're in Bible times. Now I'm going to get a little forceful here. I'm not, not mad at anybody. <laughs> We're in Bible times. Well, yeah, the canon's closed and we have our... Yes, the Bible. No one's writing the Bible today. But when did this life of the Holy Spirit stop? It never stopped. So his intent was that now through the church... That the manifold, what, what does manifold mean? I love that word. No, no I'm not, not talking about your exhaust on your car for all you car guys. <laughs> yeah, the manifold's leaking. No, I'm not talking about that. What's manifold? What's that word mean? You can speak up and say it. What does manifold mean? Complex. Beautiful. Multi-layered. The multi-layer complex beauty. The wisdom of God. What is this unfolding wisdom of God that's taking place? Happening through the church should be made known to the rulers and authorities in heavenly realms. According to his eternal purposes that he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. That is a stunning passage. As Jew and Gentile, barbarian, Scythian, slave, free, men, women, Presbyterian, charismatics, and yes, even evangelical, evangelical Catholics. Do you know they exist? Do you know that? They love the Bible as much as you do and believe in grace. Yeah, you got to figure out what to do with Mary and the saints. I won't joke there. Mary, I always hear Benny and the Jets. Okay. You got to figure out what to do with Mary, Mary and the saints. Absolutely. But these people love Jesus. When the church of Jesus Christ works, walks in unity, there's a witness to principalities and powers because they can't do that. How does the demonic world keep unity? Who's on top? Who's on top of the demonic world? Say it out loud. Satan is. And what does he do? Does he ask the demons to submit to him? Hey, today, if you felt like it, would you mind? Is that what he does? He imposes his will. Top down. They all obey because they're afraid not to. But when he sees a group of people, when the demonic who lives in that world, sees a group of people walking in unity because of love, 
They don't get it. It's spiritual warfare. They don't get it. Now, I'm repeat, re repeating Dean's sermon, so we're going to go now to that next section, if we could. Here we go. Now, for this reason. For what reason? Verse 10. I kneel before the Father. Why is he kneeling? He's been pushed to doxology. Doxology, worship, these things, praise of God, begin to occur when people sense the presence of God. Now, we can do it conceptually, right? We can say we should worship, and I believe that. But when people see the mighty acts of God, they respond. And what's the response to the mighty act of God? Man, I loved it this morning while we were worshiping. I felt so at home. You know, as a charismatic, we're used to doing all this stuff, you know, <laughs> doing all this stuff and all this stuff. I felt totally at home if I wanted to do that. I didn't, but I felt totally at home if I wanted to do this. I remember the first time I saw a man pray on his knees. It was my daddy, Church of Christ preacher. Mm. We were in West Africa, and I opened the door, and he was with another African preacher, minister. And they were on their knees praying, and I'd never seen my dad pray on his knees. And then later, after we came back, he used to drive to Carthage and preach a little church up there. And boy, that was beautiful. The men who would pray would get out of the aisle and kneel in the aisle. Isn't that beautiful? And the next time I saw it was on a church retreat where for the first time in years, the, I don't remember who the retreat leader was, but he, he asked us to get on our knees it was the first time in years that I had prayed on my knees, and I just started to cry. Why? Now, you guys do this, right? Y'all pray on your knees. There's something about the posture of our heart that our bodies affect. Y'all know that? We're not just some soul in a body that's going to be set free. This body's going to be raised from the dead, and God loves that body, and he accepts sacramentally that worship of this body, and my body's connected to my soul and so when I see the mighty works of God, for this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom the whole family in heaven on earth derives its name. And I pray out of his glorious riches that he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your innermost being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of the fullness of God. And let's just stop here. Go back to that last screen. The fullness of God. Man, there's so much in this. This being filled with his presence is an active thing that's going on. It's not just a conceptual thing. It's not just a Bible thing. When Jesus is in the house, he intends to do things. When Jesus walks among us, there are things that occur. 
I'm going to ask for a second, Lori. Thanks for your help with this. Hey, Lori. <laughs> well, you, weren't, you weren't napping, were you? Good. <laughs> uh, would you pull up the four aspects, uh, that slide? Uh, no, the other one. Let me come back to that one. There we go. Priest Lake, I have slides. Notice this. Four areas of key importance in the Christian life, each equally important, but they must, must come in this order. The presence of Christ, the truth of Christ, the virtues of Christ, and the power of Christ. The presence of Christ. Christ is present this morning. He's not just symbolically present. Do you know what I mean by that? It's not just if Jesus was here, it would be like this. It is no, he is here. When he is here, the truth of Christ, the word of God, becomes living and active. It's always word and spirit. It's actually his presence with us is by the Holy Spirit. Do you know you get nothing of Jesus apart from the Holy Spirit? Now think about it for a second. You can't even say Jesus is Lord apart from the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, it's good that I go. And the disciples said, oh, no. He said, no, no, no. If I go, I can come back and be with you all. Jesus lives in you through the power of the Holy Spirit. That's why you're Holy Spirit people. Holy Spirit people aren't people who just every now and then talk about the Spirit and go, what's your spiritual gift? Or, I don't know, what's your spiritual gift? Have you ever seen a miracle? That's okay. But you can't even talk about your deepest passions in Jesus apart from the Holy Spirit. It's presence. And when you pick up the Word of God, it's presence. Because that Spirit of God is opening the Word of God. You can't understand it apart from the Spirit of God. And then it's the virtues of Christ. Love, humility, the fruit of the Spirit. you got nothing of goodness apart from His Holy Spirit. Nothing. And then the last area is the power of Christ. Each one of these equally important, can't have the Christian life without all of them, but only in that order. What happens if you get the power of Christ, but you don't have the presence or the virtues of Christ? Think about examples in Acts. Raise your hand, just say it. What happens when you get power without presence or power without virtues? Pride. Pride, arrogance, don't trust it. I, folks, all, all, I, talk a lot, I talk to a lot of folks about churches, and they'll say, oh, you know, I'm trying to find a new church. I say, well, you're welcome here. Or, Where do you live? I'm visiting this and that and the other. I say, well, when you walk in, two, two questions. Do they believe the Bible, and do you smell love? I say, what do you mean smell love? Do you sense it when you walk in? Do you smell bread cooking? Do you smell pumpkin bread cooking? <laughs> Ooh, that's pumpkin bread. <laughs> Man, you guys sold a lot of bread. Do you smell love when you walk in the room? If you don't, don't trust it. Whoa, that's a pretty firm statement. Hear what I'm saying? Believe the Bible, right? I don't want to be where people believe the Bible and there's no love. Do you? Good grief. Now, when I walk in here, I feel love. I feel acceptance. I see love. I see and sense the presence of Christ. That's what Connie and I were talking about on the way home. 
see the truth of Christ. You guys believe the word of God. I see the virtues of Christ. Humility. Man, the crazy things that are happening in Christendom right now. Arrogance, pride. Good grief. And then the power of Christ. Oh, I love the power of Christ. I love it when he shows up in power and things start happening. I, when you walk into a room and you feel the crackling of the Holy Spirit all over the room. It's nothing like it. Nothing like it. Come, Holy Spirit. Don't trust it without love. But when love is here and humility is here, you've got the matrix to move in the power of God and not worry about it, right? Because honesty is here too. Nick, have you ever said anything hard to me? Sure. You ever corrected me? Yeah. Cindy, you ever said anything hard to me? Oh, don't you dare. <laughs> we can go all the way around. Wim, you ever say anything hard to me? Corrected me? You know what? You can trust a brother or a sister who loves you and helps you stay. If God's moving in power, don't trust me. Right? Let's trust him. Let's trust us as he moves. Put that other slide up there. Four areas of the church that Christ has chosen to show up in. Man, what's so beautiful. The church of Christ has all this. You guys have all this. He's in you, the hope of glory. The passage is from first, it's not first, it's Colossians 1. That mysterious passage. I fill up in my body what's still lacking concerning the sufferings of Christ for the church. And I strive with all the energy of the Holy Spirit to reveal this mystery to you, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. It's an ontological statement. For you guys who are word nerds, ontology means being. This is an ontological statement. Jesus is in you. And when he suffers and you join him in that groaning, Romans 8, when you join him in that groaning, God the Father is revealing his heart to you. It's a form of prayer, isn't it, Albert? groaning in the spirit where God's not giving any answers he's just crying over his people does God ever want to cry with you over his people you better believe he does that's Christ in you the hope of glory you carry him in your breast in your mind in your heart and in your innermost being it's not just a symbol it is an ontological reality he is in you Christ in his body this is the body of Christ. That's why Paul in 1 Corinthians uses the ontological imperative. It's not the, function, it's not the moral imperative, it's the ontological. Would you divide Jesus? Would you take Jesus into a prostitute? Would you take Jesus into a pagan altar? You know there are demons, 1 Corinthians 10, behind that altar, and that's the sacraments. You know there's demons behind their altar because the real Jesus is behind your altar. You can't participate in both the cup of Jesus and the cup of demons. Jesus is in the house, in you, in us, in the sacraments. Sacraments, Church of Christ where I grew up, we had a quasi-view of sacrament, sacramental quasi-view. We knew it was really important. We'd use phrases like, the Lord's Supper should be the center of our worship service. In that, we were expressing a very Catholic perspective. Y'all know that, don't you? The Mass. Oh my, it is both symbol and sacrament. I learned this at Lipscomb so long ago. I had a Presbyterian author 
a Baptist author, G.R. Beasley Murray, and a Church of Christ author, last name was Shanks, and they were all saying the same thing about communion and baptism. And I went, uh-oh, we're on to something. Sacrament contains both symbol and presence. Well, wait a minute, you mean Jesus shows up when we baptize? Yeah. Jesus shows up when you sing, when you worship, when you baptize, and when you take communion. So you took communion today, and the presence of the living Christ was with you. The last area, Christ in the preaching of his word. This isn't just read the Bible. When the Bible speaks, God is synonymous with his word, right? God can't lie. So when his word says something, it is absolutely true. Now if we could go back, Laurie, to the scripture. What's he doing among you? I've been here quite a bit. I've been in worship, I think it's our third time. Taught Dean's class several times. Been here for a couple of retreats. Every time I'm with you, we go home and have the conversation, Christ is in the house. I want Christ's presence to increase here. Not so that he can get more work out of you. Do you know so much more happens through the power of God than it does your physical labor? Y'all believe that? he is moving and active often what he wants is not your activity he wants your faith remember John 6 the Jews said to Jesus what is it to do the works of God and he said the work of God is to believe in the one that was sent I've noticed this in my own life once I learned how to look around and see God working sometimes I was just able to walk up and engage it where I could never make that happen my prayer, one of my prayers for you guys has been that his presence here would increase. I believe that this church, it is already happening, and in the future, more will occur of God's glory through you because everything that we've talked about today is already here. Many years ago, Connie and I went to a renewal meeting at Belmont Church. Juan Carlos Ortiz was the speaker. He was Argentinian, and he talked about having a coupon, coupon, coupon book that you would, you have all these coupons that you could tear out and cash in. <laughs> They're yours, it's your coupons. We gotta learn how to cash in our coupons, right? You got coupons in your book. You guys are loaded with it. If it wasn't true, I wouldn't say it. If it wasn't true, I wouldn't mention it. I wouldn't point out the deficit, I just wouldn't refer to it. You guys are loaded. And your future is loaded for glory. And this passage at the end of this section is the one that I want to speak over you now. As I speak this passage over you, and after that, Mark is going to come up and lead us in another song or two of worship. Mark, can I be on the worship team? I play the banjo. <laughs> You're in. <laughs> See? <laughs> it's an ongoing jo joke at Priest Lake all these years. I keep asking to be on the worship team, and they tell me no. 
<laughs> then I tell them, I'm a percussionist. I could do, no. Um, another joke. It's, it's, it's so odd in a charismatic church when a visitor shows up with a tambourine. <laughs> and they don't have any timing. So as a worship leader, Mark, what would you do? Would you go correct them? We said to me, thanks. <laughs> okay, thanks a lot. Uh, if, if you would stand. And I'm asking this morning for your faith. I'm not asking for any more work. You guys work really hard. I'm asking now for your faith. I'm asking you to raise your sail and catch the Holy Spirit. You can row really, really hard, but you can get a lot further if you'll raise your sail, right? Now the sail that you're raising this morning is faith. I, with all my heart, believe that God's got the right minister for you, the right staff for you, the right future for you. I, with all my heart, believe that men and women are gonna come into the kingdom of God you could talk to them all day long and they won't do it, but you carry the presence of Jesus into a picnic table with a guitar and some 19-year-old kid goes, I'm in. You want that? Reach out and get it. Now by faith I speak this over you. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Do you believe it?